KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome in, Thunder fans, people of Oklahoma City, people of Tulsa, people wherever you are listening to us here on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. I am Madison Morris. I am here at Flint Restaurant with Radio's Ryan. What's up, guys? What's up? Ryan Chapman's here. We, like I said, we're here at Flint in downtown Oklahoma City underneath the Colcord Hotel. It is Caddy Corner 2, the Chesapeake Energy Arena. So if you are just now leaving the game, uh, come say hi to us. We're enjoying some good food, some good drinks, and we are here going to talk this Thunder loss. Another loss to talk about, but the Thunder do fall to the San Antonio Spurs tonight at 114-106. to Not exactly the game Thunder fans are probably ho- hoping for, just because Oklahoma City was a full 10 games ahead of the Spurs. The Spurs coming into this game, they had only won eight games on the road. Not the best traveling team. Not exactly the team that would pose that much of a threat to the Thunder. Except they did. And it was all due to the mid-range jumper, to being able to actually finish at the rim. They never got that three-point shot going for him, but it did not matter because they basically kept the lead the entire time, and it just looked very San Antonio-dominated. Ryan, this loss is just kind of... Oh, it kind of hits differently just because they are about to go into All-Star break. They have one more game. They're going to travel to New Orleans on Thursday. But this was the last game of this four-home game stretch, and it just did not go well because this was a team that Oklahoma City, they should have beat pretty handily, and they just could not get it done. The All-Star break came early this year, right? It did. We're, we're so used to seeing this team fall flat coming out of the All-Star break. Well, these four games at home, even though the Thunder split them and went 2-2, two and two, I don't think you leave any of those games, ironically, except maybe the Boston loss, feeling great. Right. The wins against Cleveland and Detroit were very lackluster, and you tried to chalk it up to sandwiching the trade deadline. You know, everyone was kind of thrown around in rumors, so maybe they just need to get settled. Okay, you play against Boston. Boston's a contender in the East. You keep it close, and that's kind of a feel-good of, hey, you pushed this contender, but... There's no excuse to come out and lay this egg against the Spurs. I know that Greg Popovich is a great coach, but no DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Marcus Aldridge was terrible yeah. in the first half. He's usually the peak Thunder killer, and he turned it on in the second half, but you have to take advantage of that. And instead, the Thunder came out, laid an egg in the first quarter. They were just absolutely unable to finish mm-hmm. at the rim. They were two for eight at the rim in the first half. Two for eight. That should be the easy stuff. It felt like Steven Adams out of the game. He took the first five or six shots. The first one fell, and then every other hook shot was just so far off the mark. You're just left wondering, what the heck is this Thunder team doing? Right. No, absolutely. And our producer back in studio is Matt Burton. He is keeping us on the air, keeping us on the train tracks, because you know that I can get off those pretty easily. But Matt Burton, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Been here since uh, about noon today. So you're rocking in for the old for the old Jerry Ramsey. Hope he feels better. Oh, R.I.P. to Jerry. He is sick. I don't know what he has, but He's no, still alive. no one touch him. No one get near him. The That's cro- just gross. The coronavirus is a real thing. It's a real thing. We need to check Jerry's uh, passport. See yeah. where he's been. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. But poor Jerry. He is out. But Matt Burton doing an awesome job. Matt, this game, it just it looked abysmal from the start because the Thunder shot 
5 of 21 from the floor in the first quarter alone. That's 24%, but the Spurs were only shooting 9 of 21. They started the game 0 of 6 from 3, and they still had an 11-point lead going into the second quarter. What do you think was working so well for the Spurs team to get it going? Oh, man. Uh I don't know. I'm I'm with just kind of circling back to what Ryan was saying. Um, no, Demar Derozan. Um, they were on the second night of back to back, I believe. Right? They played Denver Correct. last night. Yes. Um, just an inexcusable loss. Inexcusable loss. We know that Lamarcus Aldridge always, uh, always seems to do well against the Thunder. He is on the Mount Rushmore of Thunder Killers <laughs> for He's my sure. Draft pick, yeah. For sure, yes. He is. He would be probably the number one uh, face on there. Um, Patty Mills is making his case oh for being a Thunder Killer. Um, I, geez, I, I just don't know what happened. I, I do not know what happened tonight uh, on the defensive end, on the defensive end for Oklahoma City. Um, I, I know what happened with Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, he hits those turnaround jumpers like, like it's nothing. Like, like me shooting a layup. It, that is his layup. Uh, we we know that. Um, but for Patty Mills to come out and give you twenty. And then DeJounte Murray to give you 25, that's just, that's inexcusable from this team. No, absolutely. And a lot of this had to do with pretty bad ball handling from the Thunders tonight. They ended with 13 turnovers, but guys, I swore it could have been more because it just felt like every single time Steven Adams had the ball in his hands, it was a turnover. He only ended with four, and I swear it it felt like 10 or 11 turnovers because he just could not take care of it. The problem wasn't really the turnovers themselves. Obviously, turnovers are always bad, but it was the fact that it would be on three or four straight possessions, and the Thunder, every time they came back, it felt like the Spurs just had that feel of, hey, we're going to extend the lead back out, keep him at arm's length. It felt like in the second quarter, like you were saying, there were three or four possessions where the entry pass was just awful, whether it was Steven Adams out behind the arc trying to get someone the ball. Every time, just a little bit of tip gets out of bounds, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul in transition trying to just outlet the ball at SGA gets picked off. Just inexcusable, uncharacteristic mistakes, and these are the mistakes you can't make against a team like the Spurs. The Spurs, they come in, like you said, not a great road team, not very good this year, but when you have a guy like Greg Popovich on the other sideline, you know that it's not going to be for a lack of scheme or anything Mm -hmm. like that, and you can't give easy points to a team like that because then they start playing with belief, and as you saw, Patty Mills and Aldridge, like we've all said, just heated up. They combined were 8 for 12 in the second half when Mm -hmm. it really mattered before we got into the last minute where nothing matters anymore of foul and free throw. That's just what... Over these last two games, you've seen the Thunder have not had their best players playing well in those big moments when it matters, and it's those small runs at the right time Mm -hmm. that have pushed the Celtics and then have pushed the Spurs over the top. Yeah, and it's exactly that because guys like Danilo Gallinari and Shagels Alexander, they both finished in double figures tonight, but, I mean, they kind of have had a little bit of a quiet night despite what they have been known for at the beginning of the season. Danilo Gallinari, he he had 15 points tonight, but he shot... Four of 16 was two of seven and five of seven from the free throw line. He did have eight rebounds and three assists, so he was kind of dishing it out pretty well. But here's the thing. Gallo, and I put this out on Twitter, and please feel free to disagree with me, but Gallo has not been the same player since the end of the NBA uh, trade deadline because I think, I don't know if things like that went to his head or if maybe he's just kind of going through a slump of his own, but ever since that ended, he just doesn't seem like the same player. He's not shooting as consistently. Every single NBA player is going to have times like that. And Matt, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this whole Gallo thing, but I just feel like he's not the same player 
and it's showing just because he's not he's not able to hit those shots like he used to. He's not playing with the same kind of confidence. He had a few really athletic moments tonight that were just prime opportunity for him to make some clutch points, and he could not finish to save his life. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, he has not been the same player since the trade deadline, and I'm sure that is. I'm sure that is weighing, kind of weighing on him. You know, I've, you're pretty much locked in to deal. You're agreeing to an extension with a different team. And then all of a sudden, uh, no, actually, you're back on the thunder. Um, so, no, I, I do think that that um, kind, of, kind of plays a factor. Um, but also, he's just, he's just struggling. He saw it in the Celtics game. He was missing some easy looks uh, from pretty close, too. So, uh, yeah, just, just going through a slump right now. I, thought, I also thought that Dennis, this was one of the worst games Dennis had played. Oh, for sure. Uh, in a long time, in a very long time. He had a stretch of about three games earlier in the year where uh, he kind of struggled for the first time and then has been the sixth man of the year since that. And tonight, I don't know. I don't know what happened with Dennis. He just he just wasn't the same. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, and the other problem with Gallo is, like you said, I, I'm okay with him going through a shooting slump. And if it's the threes he's missing, things like that, I think you just have to live with that because, like we've both all said, ebbs and flow, it's a very long season. You're going to have moments like that. But like you said, Matt, when he's missing those easy shots around the rim and they just aren't falling, you just have to wonder, is he losing focus? And this is a problem with Gallinari because, as you saw against Boston, the good teams are going to isolate Gallinari in the pick and roll on defense, and he's going to become a liability because he is just simply isn't as athletic as some of the other bigs. And so if he's not going to get going on the offensive end of the floor, it makes it really, really, really hard to not be super right. concerned about what's going on because he's a liability on the defensive end of the floor, then he's in his head, and you, you never know when the shooters are going to be able to get out of that slump. So you just got to hope that he can get back on track and maybe start getting those shots around the rim to fall. And he looked like mm-hmm. at times tonight he was really pressing. I've seen Gallo run many fast breaks, never as quickly as two of the ones that he just pushed the pace tonight, got to the rim, out of control. He drew the foul both times, but he was out of control, couldn't get the layup to fall, and you could just tell that it's got, gotten to him, so I don't know yeah. if it's the deadline or if it's just he's going through a slump, but something's not right with Gallinari, and they need to get that fixed over the break. Yeah, this is the Franchise First Take Thunder post-game show here at Flint Restaurant in downtown Oklahoma City. It is underneath the Colcord Hotel, and I am here with Ryan Chapman, Matt Burton back in studio. People are piling out. We see people lining down the streets, or at least they were here a second ago, but they are coming in. It is time to get some food, some drink here on the night. And uh, we've talked a little bit about some guys who had a, some dismal performances tonight, but I do want to highlight someone who had a really good performance. So, Matt, we're going to go ahead and fire up our Thunder player of the game just so we can have some positivity on this show. Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Mm, okay, so I think the obvious is just what's going to be said right now because he was also the player of the game on the broadcast tonight, but it is fitting because it's going to go to Mr. Chris Paul. Chris Paul had a season high tonight with 31 points. He dished the ball out seven times. He had two rebounds, but he shot 12 of 18, 5 of 9 from the three-point line. He was perfect at the free-throw line, and he just looked daggum good because they're in that second half. I think you could kind of see it in his playing style and in his uh, demeanor. He kind of is just taking this into his own hands. He is a team player. He's a team guy. He likes to encourage these guys. But I also think he knows when it's time to just, you know, pull up, take those shots. He knows when it's time to be a clutch Paul, and he did a good job of that tonight. I thought he really did um, just a very good job of being 
what am I trying to say? Being just a guy who generates a lot of good shots, who generates the energy all over the floor, he really pulled these guys back into it when I think a lot of confidence was draining out. And so, yeah, he's my player of the game. I thought he played well, and rightfully so, because he, he was determined tonight, and I don't think this guy ever tires out. Absolutely. Chris Paul was in peak floor general mode tonight. He was the guy that when heads were kind of down toward the end of the first quarter, you could see him go into guys. He's the one that started to lead by example back in that second quarter. I think that SGA does deserve a little bit of a shout as well. Um, when the Thunder went on their 11-0 run in the third quarter to bring the game back, SGA was really making things happen. He was the one getting to the rim. He was attacking, making shots when everyone else was kind of uh, uh, sputtering in the mid-range. You were moseying yeah, around. Yeah, once that 11-0 run happened, uh, the Thunder really kicked it into gear, and you, they just saw the ball go through the rim a little bit. And uh, I think that helped spur their you know mid-range because they're the most efficient mid-range shooting team in the league, and, and they kind of have to go back to that even though – uh, things weren't going well for him in the first half. So I think SGA deserves a little bit of a shout. But, yeah, Chris Paul definitely led by example tonight. Yeah, and Matt, I don't know if you have anybody different, anyone that stood out, because not a ton of people made a lot of noise in this game. We've already kind of talked about how Gallo and Schroeder simmered off a little bit. But did you have anyone else you wanted to highlight? Um, no, okay, obviously Chris Paul's the player of the game. Um, I thought Hami came in and gave a little spark at times. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see him come in after he didn't play for what three games in a row, right, for, whatever, yeah. for whatever reason. I don't I don't know why. Um, Anti Thunder player of the game is Abdul Nader. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know you Can cut you cut the lead segment? to two. You cut the lead to two in the fourth quarter, and then after that you get three possessions, and two of them, Abdul Nader is shooting threes, and you're down, oh, no. and then you're down nine, and then you're down nine. <laughs> This this happened in the second quarter too. There were there were three straight possessions that it, it was the second unit. So fine, you're obviously not going to have all the options available. But Nader appeared to be who the players were running for, and they were running the offense through Nader. And I'm sitting there, and I, I look over to uh, Christine, who was helping us out. Shout out to Christine. Shout Thunderfield. out Christine. But I look over, and I was like, Is this the person the Thunder are really going to turn to to bring this back when you're down by double digits? What has life come to? You've, you've rolled out of the gate. You're you're not <laughs> playing well. You had one of the lowest first quarter outputs you've had all season, and you're going to turn to Abdul Nader to yeah, be the savior Nader of the franchise. Time. Yeah, the second quarter, I, that's that's fine. The fourth quarter, whenever you cut it to two, you cut it to two. You got some momentum. You're cutting it to two, and then your probably fifth option on the floor is shooting two threes <laughs> in three possessions, and then you're down nine. That's just oh, that's no. inexcusable. You have to know know the role. Read the room. Read the room. You know. Read the daggum room. I completely agree because, listen, Billy Donovan, he was talking about Abdul Nader back on Sunday, and he was saying, you know, Abdul is a guy that we put out there because we have confidence in his shooting. We think that he is a good shooter. He's not afraid to take those shots. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah, it's great to be confident in taking those shots, but you need to know when it's the right time to, and I don't think Abdul Nader was necessarily doing that, and it could go back to coaching because they may have been setting him up to take those shots, and they just didn't fall, and that's just how the cookie crumbles. But... I also think that Abdul Nader, he could have played a little bit smarter there at the end. And so, yeah, not the best showing. I think he got a little too high and mighty. This guy hasn't necessarily been a, been a scoring machine this year. He's not really been making a lot of, like, ginormous plays out there. And so I think when he did have his moment tonight, oh, man, his fire got put out so fast, y'all. It just... It didn't look necessarily that great, but uh, you know what? Abdul Nader, keep shooting your shot, bro. I, I feel like we need to uh, take Billy Donovan to a room and say, hey, 
If you could put Terrence Ferguson and Abdul Nader and somehow morph them, because Ferguson, in big moments, is doing everything he can right now to pass up a shot, <laughs> and Nader says, hold my beer, guys, I've got this. If you, <laughs> if you can put them together and find uh, someone else to put on the floor, maybe like a, a Lugans Dort that uh, kind of knows their role uh-huh. and can, and can uh, step up and take those shots, then uh, you're in business, but... You can't have your fifth option, like both of you said. Yeah. In crunch time, I guess your element of surprise is that they're trying to the shock the Spurs. Element of surprise, yes. They're trying to pull out some fast moves. And honestly, guys, the Thunder had to do that tonight because of Mr. Nerlens Noel got in some big time foul trouble early on. Uh, I believe there was like five minutes and something seconds left, and Nerlens Noel picked up three quick fouls. I don't think we saw this guy for the rest of the game. Billy Donovan was like, no. I banish you to the bench because you played very unsmart defense. Yeah. Very bad. He, he came in there for a little spurt in the second half, but you can just tell that, like you said, he left with 540 mm-hmm. in the first quarter, didn't come in again until the second half. Everyone else is in, in the flow of the game and, and has settled in, and Nerlens is having to warm up because he hadn't been on the floor for about right. an hour and a half of real time. It's really hard, especially in, in the league, to just insert someone into that situation and say, go, go for it. And, yeah. and I thought Mike Muscala did fine when he came in and it was funny because in the pregame uh with Darius Baisley being out uh Eric Horn had asked about is there a potential for a four guard lineup because you're already kind of mm-hmm. thin at that position behind Baisley and Donovan named I think everyone on the roster except for Mike Muscala oh, as people that could no. step in and Eric had to be like uh you didn't name Mike Muscala and Billy Laugh he's like I should have I'm sorry oh no Matt I am such a big musky fan and I was all kinds of hyped to see him get some early minutes in there but that's just gonna happen especially when Nerlens Noel goes into foul trouble I don't like to talk about officiating like publicly because I don't like to bash on it that's not my job but oh my goodness, there were some interesting calls being made out there tonight. This was uh, the second game in a row um, that a Thunder player has been had been forced to the ground, and <laughs> it was an offensive foul. It was called an offensive foul on the Thunder. <laughs> the second game in a row. Uh, last game, Dennis Schroeder got you know hit from it. Well, it, uh, it might not have been. Was it against the Cavs? That was against the Cavs. That was against the Cavs. Okay, so two two out of the last three games. Yeah, uh, Dennis got ran into and got called for an offensive foul. And then tonight, Steven gets thrown to the ground uh, and gets called for an offensive foul. You know, what so um, it was just weird. And as for Mascala, um, when I when I saw he checked in and he hit that first three, yeah, he and did. as Brady pointed out in pregame, guys, Bucknell, his alma mater, they retired his jersey tonight. So I was like, he hit that first three. It's like he hit that first three. I was like, he's he's feeling it from the jersey retirement. I thought he was going to have a great game. I didn't know this. Hold on, does Bucknell not have a home game over the next? Now I'm crying. The Thunder have a road game on Thursday, and then they don't play again until the next Friday. Does Bucknell not have a home game in that time where they could have invited Mike (laughs) Muscala in to attend his jersey retirement ceremony? I doubt that Mike Muscala (laughs) wants to spend his all-star break uh, back at Bucknell. But, you know, maybe. You You never know. You never know. Hey, where is Bucknell? You know, it's... In the place. I can tell you off the top of my head here in about five seconds. Perfect. Okay, so while Matt does that, because this is very serious to know, I need to it know It is this. in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, of course. I would have knew that off the top of my head. All. Yeah, I'm sure you did. No, that's so awesome, though. But yeah, good for Muskie getting some minutes in there. Uh, had that big three, and good for him for getting his jersey retired at Bucknell. Shout out. 
Uh, but yeah, guys, just some weird things going on tonight. I thought the peak was going to burn in the first quarter, and it was so entertaining. And uh, shout out to Steven Adams. I had no idea that we were um, going to a WWE match tonight. It was so fun. Yeah, I, that was very confusing. Is putting someone in a headlock not the definition of like a flagrant foul? I was into it. but I was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> Steve-O needs to work on his selling a little bit if he wants to make it in the wrestling business, though. He really didn't make uh, Lyles look very good there. You kind of have to little give and take. Remember, Steven, if both of you look good, the match is so much better. But if you're the only strong man, nobody cares. And it was so- weak. It was weak. Did you see them patting each other afterwards? I was like, no, fight. This is weak. We are not friends that in basketball. Blood. I want blood. Basketball is a blood sport now. I was so angry at that. But it's fine because Steven's alive and well and that's that's going to be that. But anyway, guys, we got to go to our first break and we are down here in downtown Oklahoma City at uh, Flint underneath the Colcourt Hotel. People are filing in. People are angry about this game. No, nah, not really. They're just here to enjoy some awesome food and some drinks. The people here at Flint take such a good uh, care of us and it's just so awesome. So come say hi to them. Come say hi to myself and Ryan and shout out to Matt Burton for keeping us on air and alive back in studio. You're awesome as ever. And when we get back, we'll talk more about this game. We'll talk about Chris Paul and how he is preparing for the All-Star break. He was recognized at the beginning of tonight's game, and that was awesome. So, yeah, just a lot more to talk about. We have you for two two more segments, so keep it locked here on the franchise. And we will be back here on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back into the Thunder First Take Post Game Show here on the franchise. I am Madison Morris here with Ryan Chapman doing some groovy dance moves over there Let's as he eats go. his pot roast. And we have Matt Burton killing it on the soundboard back in the studio, doing an excellent job as always and keeping us on the train tracks. And if you're just now joining us, the Oklahoma City Thunder lost tonight to the San Antonio Spurs at 114 to 106. And uh, yeah, this is not looking like the best kind of game. And I don't even know what else to say all, except for that. All of the momentum the Thunder had built over a great December and January is gone. It's gone. By the time the All-Star break is gone. R.I.P. It's, it's just really unfortunate because this is a team that has historically struggled on the other side of the All-Star break anyway. And so now there's no momentum going in. So I guess they can take a long, hard look at themselves, except for uh, two guys who will be heading down to Chicago. That's very up true. Up to Chicago? Up to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's north. So they're going up. Honestly, that's such a shame, though, because this Thunder team looked pretty good kind of in the mid part of the season or like the earliest part into the mid part because they did have a lot of momentum going. They were winning some good games. They were playing at a very high level, getting some nice wins to push them ahead into the Western Conference standings. Right now they are sitting at the sixth seed. And uh, if they're going to keep performing like this, it's pretty much going to stay there or it's going to drop. And I know Thunder fans are really, really eager to see this team make a playoff run again. I don't know how far they could possibly go. It may be another first-round exit, but who knows? That's a little jumping ahead right now. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the All-Star break coming up because before that, they do have one more matchup down in New Orleans. And then they are going to be shipped off to Chicago for a week. And that will be interesting to see how they perform when they come back. But before that... Not a ton of games were played tonight, but I do want to hear from Matt Burton first, and we're going to take you around the association to tell you what else is going on in this league. 
Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. All right. We are going to start off in Philadelphia. Ooh, buckle up. With the most drama going on right now yes. in the league. Uh, with Joel Embiid. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers get a home win against the Los Angeles Clippers. Big win and big, big response for Joel Embiid, who had 26 points, 9 rebounds. Ben Simmons uh, had a triple-double tonight with 26 points, 10 assists, and 12 rebounds. Did you guys see Joel Embiid's quote after this game? Oh, please tell me. I love it. Joel said, quote, I love my city. I'm going back to being the good... Um, a-hole. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. As long as so, he's still going to be that, don't be good. This, this is what makes Joel Embiid so enjoyable is that he is an absolute troll. He gets in fights with everybody. He plays with a lot of passion, but gosh, he's a nuisance. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. He's definitely the perfect, like, lovable villain. Because I don't think anyone just sits there and just like, God, I wish bad things just happened to Joel Embiid. But everyone, <laughs> everyone watches him. Bro, oh, we cannot stop. stand you. Can't stand him. Everyone needs a villain. And... Philadelphia is the perfect mm-hmm. city to have some villains. He is my favorite player in the league right now, and oh man, I can't say enough about it. Go ahead, Matt Burton. Wow, Madison, why do you hate Carmelo Anthony? I'll take that off the air. No, um, no, 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 no. Hang on, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Joel Embiid is my favorite player right now. Carmelo Anthony is my favorite player of all time. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the Chicago Bulls traveled to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., to take on the Wizards and came up short. Uh, Chisholm, oh, Chisholm Holland's Bulls Came up short tonight in the nation's capital. Washington wins 126-114. Zach Levine tonight had 41 and 9 rebounds. Good for Zach Levine. Poor guy. He can't get any help in Chicago. It's such a snooze fest. He, just, he can't. These two teams put me to sleep. Good for them. Good win for Washington. But this matchup, I would have rather watched the grass grow. Poor Fred Katz. Sorry, Fred. <laughs> the, the Thunder's next opponent get a huge home win tonight. Against the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans win 138-117. to uh, Sorry, the aforementioned uh, Carmelo Anthony <laughs> did not get a victory tonight. But Zion Williamson had a big night, 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists for the rookie. Dang it, y'all. I am really just a closeted Blazers fan. And when I say closeted, that means not at all because I'm announcing it over the airwaves right now. This is sad. This is sad. And also, Thunder fans really don't need New Orleans doing well right now because this win on Thursday could be really big for Oklahoma City, uh, especially because right now Boston and the Rockets are playing. Sorry, Matt, I totally just stole your thunder. You're going to get there. Uh, but Boston and Rockets are playing right now, and that's going to be a big matchup that Thunder fans are, running, are going to want to keep their eyes on. Hey, Madison, just keep your chin up. It was only 10 missed goal contending calls, and the Blazers would have had it tonight. Only 10. It's fine. Okay, cool. And speaking of the Rockets and Celtics game, there's just under 10 minutes left in the third quarter. The Rockets are up by three right now. That just changed right as I was looking at it. Uh, 53 to 50 uh, to the Boston Celtics right now. Nice. So uber small ball. It's very up and down. Do we hate it? Do we love it? We're back to loving it again. We're back to loving it again. again. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, unless they lose. Unless they lose this game, then, you know. But they're up right now. They're up right now. For one half at least, we love it. Is Russell Westbrook playing? Yes or no? He is. He has 19 points and six rebounds right now. Look out. 
Oops. Look out. Okay. Well, this could be a really good matchup, and so that's going to be something that, like I said before, a lot of Thunder fans are want are going to want to keep their eye on because Houston sits in the fifth seed of the Western Conference right now. They are one full game ahead of Oklahoma City. The Thunder, unfortunately, did not do any favors to themselves tonight by falling to San Antonio. And, uh, yeah, if the Rockets win this game, then Thunder fans, you're not going anywhere. Just get real comfortable, buckle up, grab a blanket. You're going to enjoy that six seed. But interesting. Thank you so much, Matt. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. Awesome. Well, kind of going back to this game, I wanted to highlight one other guy. And I really hate to be, like I say, on every single post game that I do, I'm going to be pessimistic for a second. Are you guys ready? Buckle in. All right. So we're going to talk about a Mr. Steven Adams tonight. We mentioned him a little bit in the first segment. Not his best showing. He did end with 10 points tonight. But, y'all, that's a freaking miracle. And I'm sorry to Steven Adams because I've always been on his high horse. Like, I love Steven Adams as a player. He did have 11 rebounds, so he did get that double-double. But Steven Adams was pretty much the cause of nothing going right in that first quarter because I believe he took five. He took the first five shots of the game, and I think he only made, like, what, one? one. Yeah, yeah, he, he only one made one. And it just it didn't look like the regular Stephen Adams. I do want to mention he had on different shoes tonight. I'm not saying it has anything to do with it, but it has something to do with it. And he changed up his shoes, changed up his playing style. He just didn't look that great tonight. And, uh, Matt, I'm going to go to you first. I don't know if you noticed anything kind of weird about Stephen. He still looks aggressive out there, but it just seemed to be one of those games. And he's had quite a few uh, over the past like month or so. Where it looked like nothing was going to fall for him, and it just—it was a lost case. Yeah, he's he's struggling a little bit right now, um, but I also think it's the healthiest he's looked. Weirdly, if that I know, if, I know that doesn't sound it's wor- correct. It's working against him, right? I know, right? But uh, get hurt. Yeah, again. he's, he's better. He's so better when he's just laboring out there, you know, just <laughs> just truck just trucking through it. No, um, I don't. I don't know about Steve. Sometimes um, he's a good player. He is a very good player. Um, I like watching him play, but he just he kind of struggles with his with his touch sometimes. I mean, sometimes those hooks, those hook shots, those little baby hooks or whatever they are, um, they're gone. Yeah, they sometimes they're going, sometimes they are, and then every other game, it seems like every single one of them is just boom back iron, boom off the back iron, boom off the back iron, and over and over and over. So yep. um, I don't know. He is looking a little bit healthier. I want to see him get to this All Star break. Um, and just continue getting healthy. And, and tonight, just a, a tough matchup. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge always kills, always kills the Thunder. Um, so as far as the defensive end, that explains that. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is just a great player. Um, but, yeah, offensively, Steve's Steve's kind of all over the place right now. Yeah, I totally agree on the defensive end. I, I thought that he actually did a pretty decent job in the first half. But offensively, like we say, that one of five start, the, the problem was... He was doing a great job of beating Lyles with his initial move, and then, and like you said, Matt, there was absolutely no touch on his hook shot. I think that then he tried to extend the floor, get out at the arc, and make things happen, be a distributor, and that's when he got in trouble with he had four turnovers on just really poor decisions with the basketball. And this is where the Thunder really missed Nerlens Noel tonight. Nerlens went with, went out with that early foul trouble. He was a non-factor. This was a game that Nerlens, I feel like, could have come in, Nerland sometimes has a little bit better touch around the basket, I think. And I think Oklahoma City could have really used that as a stabilizer early in that, that first quarter. And it's just unfortunate that Adams was off. 
Nerlens goes out with the foul trouble, and then Mascala's having to readjust because Mascala hasn't really been utilized since right. Nerlens has been healthy. So Yeah, no, exactly. Muskie has been taking a lot of bench time just because when you have two guys like Steven and Nerlens, and Billy Donovan has talked about this a few times, they're not going to use their full roster, especially if you have the two biggest centers healthy because there's just no need to just mix it up that much because these guys have a chemistry together. And if you're throwing different people out there constantly, it's going to kind of interfere with that. And so that's why I think it's a smart move on Billy to really uh, kind of stick to his two main guys there at center. But obviously what Ryan and Matt just said, Nerland's had big-time foul trouble to start with, and that's going to be bad if you're going up against a guy or a team like San Antonio that creates a lot of fouls. They can really draw them. They're pretty good at being a nuisance, especially on the offensive end. And if the Thunder are going to be careless and reckless on defense, then they're going to get in foul trouble like that. So that's exactly what happened. Um, obviously, Stephen Adams kind of going back to him. Yeah, just... I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of getting off the train a little bit just because, yes, he is looking healthy. I think he is feeling a lot better, and his body is kind of cooperating with him for the first time in a long time. But it's just that hook shot, especially I think who you or Matt just mentioned that. Um, that hook shot has been dead. It's not working for him. I see him working on it in his warm-ups every single game, and he can hit it. But I think when he has a big-time challenger out there kind of – uh, just helping or preventing him from attacking the rim. He's not going to drop that hook shot like he's uh, been able to in the past. So it's just kind of a shame. Hopefully Stephen Adams isn't going to fall off too bad. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe this all-star break will be good for him. He can play a lot of Fortnite. Yes. He's really big on that. Yes. He can stay in his sweatpants for a week straight. I like to imagine that Steven Adams is pulling the greatest troll in the NBA and that when he's at home, all he does is dress in the finest linens. <laughs> he wears his full suit all around the house and then when he rolls into the arena, he's like sweatpants, slides. Sweatpants. The same camo hoodie. I love that. Maybe he probably even brushes his hair at the house, too. Probably. I don't know. Cannot confirm, but we'll get someone on that. How many camo hoodies do we think he has? That he Just I, the one. I like... I like to imagine that he has like 10 of them and he spends about an hour before he comes to the arena like, okay, which one? And then he lands on that same one yeah. every time. You know, I'm kind of with Matt on this. I think he legit just has that one hoodie okay. and he loves it so much because, okay, I've always talked about Russell Westbrook being a creature of habit. I think Steven Adams is also kind of a creature of a habit in like a different way because Russell was like that with basketball. Steven is like that with his everyday life. And so I feel like he has that one camo hoodie and just those one gray sweatpants. And then, of course, the uh, what are they? The orange sliders with his face on them. Yeah. He's so into that. And he's like, oh, that's my go-to. And he's comfortable. Discomfort zone. But, yeah, like you said, it just feels it's unfortunate. This feels like the first season that Steven Adams hasn't come with some area that he's vastly improved in. For the first, oh, however many years of his career, it, it felt like every offseason he would come in, you'd see, wow, that's new. Oh, that's a new part of his game. That's a new part of his game. And now you're just saying, okay, this is the same Steven Adams we saw last year, and it's unfortunate because, like Matt said, like you said, he looks healthier than he ever has, and you're just not seeing an improvement, which is fine, but it's just not what you expected. And, and with the contract that he has, you expect him to be a huge part of this team. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. So good good on Steven Adams, bad on Steven Adams, whatever you want to put it as. Uh, I think he can get better, but this is the Franchise Thunder first take postgame show here at Flint Restaurant at the bottom of the call cord. Call cord? Cold cord? I don't know how to pronounce. All right, Ada. Okay, words. Oh, it's the cold no. cord. Oh, Ryan, you did not just put that out. Yeah, I'm from Ada, and so sometimes I have my uh, my speech. I get a little hick in there. It happens. It there's, happens. There's nothing wrong with it. It, it just... happens. You know, it's just, it's in my blood. So yeah. we are at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel Beautiful. here at Flint Restaurant, and uh, we're eating. 
we're having some food, we're having some drinks, and we are talking some Thunder basketball. If you guys are out and about in downtown Oklahoma City, just finished up at this game, come say hi to myself and Ryan. And big shout-out to Matt Burton back in studio keeping us on. But, uh, guys, kind of want to segue into something we talked a little bit about and kind of teased at the beginning of this segment. And we have kind of mentioned it a few times, but the All-Star break is coming up, and a Mr. Chris Paul is going to be representing Oklahoma City as well as Shea Gilders Alexander. We'll get a little bit more to Shea in the third segment, but I do want to talk about Chris because he was recognized at the beginning of tonight's game in a very nice little ceremony, uh, just basically presenting that he's going to be representing the Thunder in Chicago, and rightfully so. I think Chris Paul has just been such a good staple to this team all season long. I think that he's been uh, pretty much the guy that is always encouraging, always making sure these guys feel comfortable and have good on-court chemistry as well as off-court. And I think that's so vital to a team. And so Chris Paul heading to Chicago. Matt, how do you think this guy's going to do in Chicago? I mean, obviously it's just the all-star game. It doesn't really mean anything except just a lot of fun. But obviously Chris Paul is very well deserving of all of this. Oh, of course, Chris Paul. I mean, he's... He has been great this year. He has not been good. He has been great for the Thunder this year. Um, if this Thunder team did not have Chris Paul, there would be no direction. There would be, it would be a bloodbath. It would be everywhere. Um, so Chris Paul, just as far as managing the game goes, he is one of, if not the best. He is in that elite tier of just managing the game, making sure the game is played at his pace and no one else's. And that's why I think he hated playing in Houston was because the game was being Probably, played yeah. at James Harden's pace, which was dribble around until the end of the shot clock and step back three. Um, so it, <laughs> he, Chris Paul probably hated that a lot. But I, I think Chris Paul, it's, it's nice to see him buy in and being bought in uh, kind of since the beginning. Uh, yeah. I, everyone thought that he wasn't going to be and that it was just, you know, no one really thought he was going to play, play for the Thunder. So to see him I come in, buy in... And then kind of just just be that veteran presence and be that absolute leader that the Thunder have been lacking. Um, it's been it's been nice to see. Yeah, I imagine this has been a liberating experience for Chris Paul as he walks into the Houston organization and they set a bunch of shot charts in front of him and say, "You are going to shoot either layups or three pointers." And Chris <laughs> is like, "Can we look at my mid range numbers really quickly?" And they're like, "No." You have to shoot either the layup or the three-pointer. But I think Chris Paul is going to be essential to this All-Star weekend because he'll be the guy that sets the tone in the locker room. Once the reporters start asking questions about, hey, LeBron, you picked Chris Paul instead of in front of Russ, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Chris Paul will come in and yell at everybody and make sure that everyone's not pitting teammates against each other because <laughs> he's going to bring that chemistry to the All-Star game. Oh, I love that. But, no, I totally agree with you, Matt. I think that Houston was just not the best fit for a guy like that because he is a team leader. He is a guy that kind of thrives on bringing bringing this team together and doing some good stuff on and off the court. And I think Houston may just not have been running the way that he was accustomed to. I think he does fit in so well with Oklahoma City because, yes, he has a history here. He really does enjoy these guys. I think these guys really enjoy him. They look up to him. They respond well to him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just he's an all-around good guy. And Greg Popovich was talking about this before the game, uh, a rare jovial Greg Popovich, might I add. But he was saying that Chris Paul is one of the two or three guys in the league that comes in and has all this knowledge that he can impart on younger players and wants to be that guy. He wants to play that role. He wants to be a mentor and be a leader. And he was saying that this is a credit to guys like Dennis Schroeder and SGA for having the mentality that to say, I am okay with letting this veteran bestow mm -hmm. this knowledge upon me, learn, and be humble enough to say, this guy's been doing it at a high level for a really long time. Let me learn these lessons. Yeah. So I think for as much as we praise Chris Paul's leadership, 
We also need to praise Dennis Schroeder and Shay for coming in and being humble enough to learn because Greg said that, A, there are tons of teams in the league that don't have a guy like Chris Paul who wants to be that kind of veteran, but he said even the teams that do, it's no guarantee that people that are there the younger players care to accept mm-hmm. that advice and that mentorship. Right. So it's a really special dynamic that the Thunder have right now, and that's why it's been such a fun season to cover, or been, been a, such a fun team to cover this Yes. Fall. No, absolutely. I've thoroughly enjoyed covering this team this season. I know that Ryan and Matt can kind of speak to that as well. Obviously, we have guys like Derek and Brady back in the arena, as well as our very own Christine. She's doing an awesome job. She's new on board, and she is kicking booty out there. So you guys give her a follow and give Brady and Derek. They're going to be putting out some post-game stuff. I'm pretty sure they're probably either wrapping it up or doing uh, a few locker room things here and now. I don't even know like what time it is or what's going on right now. But this is the Franchise Thunder post-game show. And Matt Burton, you're going to be so jealous of us because guess who's sitting a few tables down from us? Who? Who? Take a guess. Someone on the Thunder roster. Someone is it Deontay? A lot of noise. No. Nah. I'm sorry. Actually, if it, if, I, it, if it was, we would have been sure to let you know that we, yeah. we intentionally did not invite you. Honestly, I kind of feel mm. bad for setting it up like that now because I feel like I totally got <laughs> yeah, your no, hopes no, no. Whoever, whoever you you say after that is going to be like that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's Isaiah Roby. Oh, nice. Tell I know him, you're so him, uh, pumped. Tell him Deontay's cousin said hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally will. But... Guys, if Isaiah Roby is down here having dinner, you should come down here as well. It is 10.13 at night on a Tuesday, but who works on Wednesdays anyway? So come have some drinks. Come say hi. Come get some food. And uh, we have one more segment, so we're not going anywhere. Hey, come visit us. First round of water is on me, guys. First round of water is on Ryan Chapman. You heard it here first. So come see us here at Flint, downtown Oklahoma City, underneath the Cold Court Hotel. We do have one more segment, so when we get back, we are going to talk more about Dennis Schroeder and maybe his six-man of the year campaign, see how that's going. Obviously, the Spurs buses are about to drive right in front of our little window here. So, uh, bye-bye. Enjoy your trip back to San Antonio. And uh, we will be back after this to talk more Dennis Schroeder, more Chris Paul. Uh, we are going to do some stats as Matt Bird is going to fire off that stat cat that everyone loves so much. And we're going to wrap it up. And so, yeah, just stick with us here on the franchise, and we will be back out. After this on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. We are back. We are back here on the Franchise Thunder First Take postgame show. It is me, Madison Morris. It is Radio's Ryan, as in Ryan Chapman eating his pork. I'm no, done. not pork. It was a pot roast. What pot roast? I don't know. Whatever that meat is. I am done. It was great. It was a great. Come to Flint. Everything I've had at Flint is phenomenal. All their food is my favorite. I actually gain like 15 pounds every time I come here. So good thing I'm on the post game for the rest of the season. And uh, it's a good time. We are down here. We enjoyed some awesome food. We enjoyed some awesome drinks. We enjoyed some water. Don't everybody get too excited. Ton- tons of water. Tons of water. And uh, it is a good place to come to if you're leaving the Thunder game. Obviously, it has been over for almost an hour. So if you're still out and about in downtown Oklahoma City, please come say hi. We are here for at least another 10-ish minutes. And uh, we have a little bit more to talk about with this Thunder game, especially moving forward, the All-Star break coming up. And we're going to talk some stats as well. But we are here at Flint. Shout out to the Flint staff. They take such great care of us all the time, give us all the goods. And uh, all the smiles. The Flint staff is the best. Not only do they Mm -hmm. take care of us, we roll in, 
They're happy to talk Thunder basketball. They absolutely Very knowledgeable. Are. It's great conversation, great food, great mm-hmm. drinks, great fun. And like I said, for the next 10 minutes, get down here. First round of water's on me. First round of water is on Ryan, and it's going to be great. But honestly, Matt, I kind of want to just fire it up right now because we have a few stats to talk about just to kind of wrap up everything with the Spurs loss. Well, actually, Thunder loss to the Spurs. That's what I meant. And uh, we'll just get that knocked out before we move on. All right. Three, two, one. Beautiful. This is my jam, guys. This is my jam. <laughs> this is what I this is what I start my workout playlist to at the gym, just to get you going. Just to get you going. All right. Um, so my stock cat is really nothing too phenomenal, just because there wasn't a ton of like differences in this. And uh, it, I mean, it's like you look at the stat sheet of this and everything's kind of evened out in a way just because shooting was pretty bad on both ends. Neither team shot very well from the three point line. Uh, neither team really shot that well from the floor to end with. And so my stat cat is actually uh, I picked this one because it might come as a surprise for Thunder fans who were watching this game and maybe getting frustrated with the way that Oklahoma City was unable to finish at the rim. But Oklahoma City outscored the Spurs 48 to 42 with points in the paint. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, and it really doesn't even matter because the Thunder lost, but that is going to be my stat cut just because I thought watching this game the entire time, wow, the Thunder cannot do anything in the paint. They are not hitting their shots. They're not able to finish at the rim. There were so many missed layups tonight that I wanted to actually pull my hair out. But they outscored San Antonio still because San Antonio, they were cooking at some points, but then they finally got that three shot to fall after a little bit. Honestly, Oklahoma City just had better luck in the paint. Didn't matter, not necessarily, but that might come as a surprise for Thunder fans out there. Yeah, my stat cat is uh, cover your ears, Thunder fans. This one's gonna be gonna be sad. It's, it's it's nine to two, and that is the run that San Antonio went on to start the fourth quarter. The Thunder Ouch. had been done such a great job out of the locker room. They had pushed it with a big run of their own to get things back square in the third quarter, and then San Antonio just undid all of the good the Thunder did immediately to start the fourth quarter. The game was over from that point on, and very similar to the Boston game, like you said, Madison. If you just are trying to figure out what happened in this game in the box score, you're going to be confused because everything looks very, very similar. But the Spurs made the big plays at the moments of the game that you have to have those plays made. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. The timing is everything. And this it's something this Thunder team, I guess they, they're just... Maybe the days off before this homestand really threw off their flow and they just haven't got it back yet. But right. this Thunder team's looked out of rhythm the last four games. They really slipped by two teams they should have put away early obviously pushed the Celtics and then lost a game they shouldn't have lost here tonight. So that 9-2 run to start the fourth, that is how you absolutely just kill any chances of winning a game when you claw all the way back and immediately as soon as the fourth quarter starts, you're just like, well, back to square one. Nope, absolutely. Matt Burton, give me some good numbers, please. Um... I can't really bring the free throws into it. Thunder went back up to 81%. You know, They're back over 80, back over 80. They they even flashed a uh, graphic up. But the Thunder are the fourth best free throw shooting team in the league. I love graphics. On, on the game. Yeah, on the broadcast Fantastic. they did. So, can, hey, great minds think alike. Can we get, Matt, can you sponsor Oklahoma City's free throw lines? Like, just, just in, I mean, in the should. stripe? Just not for free. I mean, at Matt. You know, Matt <laughs> not for free. Burton, deuce, deuce. They have to pay me, you know. I'd do it for they five should. bucks. I'd do it for five bucks. Fox um, Sports, if you're listening. <laughs> just five dollars. you are. Just five dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's see. I will go... 
I will go number 11. The number 11. 11. Yes. Um, that is Abdul Nader's number. Oh, oh no. And why is oh, that important? No. Why is that important? Because the Thunder climbed, crawled back to down two. And then in three possessions after that, Abdul Nader shoots two threes, misses two threes, and then they are down nine. Okay. And that right there, yeah. that I right there, that. that right there, to me, that's just that can't happen. It, it just cannot happen. I get, I get that Abdul Nader's confident, and I like that. I like a player that's confident. I do, but also you got to know your role. Yes, know your daggum role. As the rock, I know, say, I know, know, know <laughs> right? I know Shut guys were struggling. Mouth. I know guys were struggling. I know Dennis was struggling tonight, but I still want Dennis taking shots over Abdul Nader. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that, and that is a great segue, Matt Burton. Thank you so much for that, because we are going to talk about Dennis Schroeder here for a little bit. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 5 of 13 tonight, 1 of 2 from the three, uh, the three-point line. He was perfect at the free-throw line, good for him, finished 14 points and 3 assists. Guys, Dennis Schroeder is someone that we talked a little bit about. I had the pleasure of being on, I believe it was still the Triple M Ranch, with uh, Chisholm and Sam today. And we kind of had a little conversation about Dennis Schroeder and just kind of what he's been doing and how he has been a very active candidate for the Sixth Man of the Year Award, rightfully so. Uh, however, this performance tonight wasn't his best. I don't think he's had the best performances over the past like week or so. Not that big of a deal, but I kind of wanted to talk about him just a little bit because do you still think that even with a little bit of a dip like this, this guy could still be very valuable to this team? Could he still make a run for Sixth Man of the Year? How are you guys feeling about him? Yes, no. I think that Dennis is very valuable to this team. Um, tonight, obviously, like you said, not great. He was 2 of 8 in the first three quarters. 3 of 5 in the fourth quarter, though. He picked it up. Um, I don't think that Dennis can make a serious run at six Man of the Year until this team finds some consistency. Right. They've been up. They've been down. But the six Man of the Year is going to go, I feel like, you know, they have to rename the award after Lou Williams, first off. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta you got to unseat the king. But... Um, it's just one of those things like what we talked about with Russ in his MVP year yeah. for the longest time until he completely took over the last month of the season. When you're down in the standings, you're not going to get the looks for those top-line awards. So that I think it's just unfortunate because Dennis, to this point this season, has transformed into one of the most efficient mid-range shooters. I think that's kind of been one of the weird Chris Paul effects is that we talk about the analytics movement and all that. Well, Chris Paul's so good at it, it's kind of showed... SGA and Dennis that it's okay to shoot mid-range shots if you're going to make them, but I, he can still be very valuable to this team. This team only goes when all three of the guards are playing well at the same time. Not necessarily at the same time, but it, in over the course of the game, they yeah. all three have to be contributing. So this this team can be super dynamic if Dennis Schroeder is playing well, but I just think the six man of the year is just a little bit too much to ask right, right now. Right, yeah. Now, Matt, what do you think about all this um, I will Dennis and all that good very stuff? Much, I will very much disagree with Ryan. I do think that he is uh, going to win six man of the year. Just th- just think about kind of the setup of the two teams. The Cl- I'm talking the Clippers and the Thunder. Um, I would say that Dennis Schroeder is way more important to the Thunder than Lou Williams is to the Clippers. I mean, Lou Williams is important. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Lou Williams will be a finalist for the sixth man of the year. You're right. They should rename it the Lou Williams Award. <laughs> um, but also, maybe some voter fatigue. Maybe some fatigue Fair. of, you know, always voting for Lou Williams. Uh, the Thunder were only supposed to win 32 games this year. They're already at that. And you could say Dennis is a big reason that this team is going to be in the playoffs. He is certainly behind Chris Paul 
I, I don't know who else is behind or is right behind Chris Paul other than Dennis Schroeder for this team being where they are, honestly. So I think I think Dennis has a great shot to win sixth man of the year. Yeah, I do too. I really like what Dennis has done over the course of this season, and I've said it on a few other postgame shows, so my apologies if I am repeating myself a little bit, but I really do like uh, the way that he has just surged this season. I think he's been a big catalyst for a lot of uh, just a lot of good comebacks that the Thunder have presented. I think that he's been right there in the epicenter of like a lot of like clawing back into games and just a lot of talent that's coming off the bench for Oklahoma City, and I think that's what makes a good team a good team is if a guy can come off the bench and be that valuable, that's why Lou Williams is so valuable in Los Angeles because he's able to do stuff like that. And now Dennis Schroeder is exactly that here for Oklahoma City. And so I really do think the Thunder have found someone so valuable and so great in Dennis. I think right now he is going to have to kind of get out of whatever this little slump is right now. And I hate calling it a slump because, what, just because a player doesn't shoot like they did the past couple of games, then automatically they're put in a slump. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. But I do like where Dennis Schroeder is going with all of this. And uh, I think he can be a good candidate for sixth man of the year. We'll see if he wins it. But I think he's still going to represent Oklahoma City to the fullest. And good for Dennis in doing that. I think he will kind of get out of this. And all-star break will be very good for Dennis. Yes. I think it'll be good for the whole team. Just kind of reset, refocus. Uh, maybe it's just that the grind of January of not having more than one day off right. in between games finally has caught up to them in the moment when they're in that flow. Um, they're just like, hey, we just got to get through this. But I think the few days off, that maybe maybe it's as simple as they felt the fatigue for the first time yep. and having the week off will be good for them. Yep. And, guys, it's going to be good for us, too, because All-Star Break is on the horizon. I don't know about you guys, but I am and it's going to be a good break, but they are not finished yet. They're going to go down to New Orleans on Thursday to take on Zion Williamson and the Pelicans before heading off to All-Star break in Chicago. So that'll be a good time. We are going to have you guys all covered on Thursday as well. I don't know who exactly is on post-game show, but I know that I am producing, so you will have me. You'll probably have Brady. You might have Ryan. Who freaking knows? But we're going to have the franchise team on this coverage. In the words of Jerry Ramsey, rest in peace to Jerry. He is dying of sickness right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's just dead. He's just There's dead. no dying. He's just dead. <laughs> he's just gone. Drink that chicken noodle soup. I don't even think you drink it. You eat it. Whatever you do with it. Good for Jerry. He's going to be okay. But from uh, the franchise team here at Flint, I am Madison Morris. That is Ryan Chapman. Big shout out to Matt Burton back in studio for keeping us on air for a full hour of Thunder coverage here on the First Take Thunder postgame show. We are headed out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And also, this will be doubling as the OKC82 podcast. Because anytime myself or Brady, Ryan, Matt, all the good people that are involved with the OKC82 is on the postgame show, we do double it as the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. The Thunder lose. They lost. They lose to the San Antonio Spurs at 114-106, to and uh, they will be back in action on Thursday. So until then, enjoy your Tuesday evening, and thank you for joining us here on the Franchise Thunder postgame show, or whatever it's called, the Franchise Thunder first take postgame show here on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa.